Hello and welcome to the Midlife Athlete Podcast with your hosts, uh, Jason and Greg. Afternoon, Greg. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. Last time we spoke, you had just come off the uh, back of your world record breaking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I feel recovered finally. It took me, took me a long time, actually. Long time. Didn't, yeah, under, underestimated that completely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, feeling good now. Yeah, feeling all right. Back into it. So I, just, I know what I do realize, though, is I, I need a challenge. I was, that first, well, first couple of weeks, I was just, didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I've been, I've been sort of stuck in a burpee bubble for so long. Um, and now, now I'm trying, I need a, I need some sort of, I need another challenge or at least something to, some, something to aim for at least. Yeah. So we'll see what okay. comes, what comes my way. <laughs> a few ideas, but we'll see. We'll see. I've got an idea for you. What's that? Uh, it, it's uh, it's a cycling one, right. and it's uh, a Fland- Flandrian challenge. You mentioned this, yes. When's yes, it? it's not. You can do it at any point. It's like one oh, of those okay. things you just do yourself, like the Von Two thing we did. Oh right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. All right, we'll have to have a chat about that later. We we'll have to chat okay. about that later. Right, so um, we're on part two: strength training. Mm. or I think we called it anaerobic training, um, which was very much the kind of theory why we should do it and so on in part one. And we thought part two, um, it would be good to cover the sort of how. Yes. Is that fair? Well, obviously, we're not going to be saying this is how you do a deadlift, not on a podcast anyway. (laughs) It'd be a bit difficult. It'd be difficult, yeah. So this is more just an outline of, um give, give, give people a, a, an idea a structure of of what what it entails um because i think that for those of, of our listeners who are thinking of going into it i mean getting a professional to help you sort of personal trainer to help you would be really beneficial i think but and that's something we'll, we'll chat about later but i think if you have an understanding of of once we've gone through this and you have a better understanding you can then talk to the personal trainer about these things and if they're not really au fait with any of it, then you may that might not be the person for you. Um, if you see what I mean, it's good and bad in any profession. Let's face it, but um, but you, yeah, sometimes you may have to kiss a few frogs before you you find your prince or princess. But um, but it but it, it's important. I say if you understand the principles behind this, you, then you may be able, you can do it yourself. You mean. DIY approach to it, um, but understanding it will just means you'll progress at a maybe at a, a safer safer rate with, with with better results. But that so so this is more of an outline, a guideline, um, rather than, rather than this is how you do a back squat or this is how you do a bicep curl, because <laughs> um, there's thousands and thousands of of of, of uh, exercises. You go on YouTube and Google things. It's just it's just seems endless yeah so yeah. Um, and the thing about i think what i um value about this is probably if you're if you're a bit like me you wouldn't have really you'd have done strength training maybe um in your you know teens mm-hmm. and maybe in your early 20s if you were playing a contact sport like rugby or yeah. something like that yeah. Yeah. um 
but invariably you wouldn't have done any for for a period of time i imagine yeah. and also the world has changed stuff has moved yeah. on as well hasn't it since since those days so um this is what i'm that's what i'm looking forward to this well the the there is a slight caveat with all this because because with a lot of the a lot of the research is done on athletes mm. and when you're coming at it from a strength strength and conditioning approach it is all about athletic performance and so when i've been sort of making going through this and making the notes for today's episode is it's very much like yes you know, being about sport specific etc and sometimes like well you know how many how many of us how many of our listeners actually still play a sport of some description you know team sport or athletic yeah looking at athletic performance rather than just going for a sunday bike ride um so you sort of slap it's sort of sport slash lifestyle i suppose is not is another way to look at it and then that that but that brings up its own its own sort of further questions and maybe even another podcast to say well as a midlife person who doesn't play rugby anymore what should i be doing or i'm not playing i'm i'm, I'm playing cricket once a week you know what should i be doing so but again there's so many people out there just they're doing lots of different things so we, we have to be quite general about this particular ep- episode at least but but it should it should be said that i think even if you're an, primarily an endurance athlete um you should be doing strength work anyway well just, two reasons not, it seems to me yeah. You know, one, it does actually help your endurance um, work. So if you're a runner or a triathlete Mm. or cyclist, the strength work will help you do that and improve you as a, as whatever you are. Um, But also we know that the the set of rules parameters that midlife athletes are operating in means that you should, you should be doing it anyway because of the, you know, all the reasons we talked about last time. Health benefits. Well, it was, well, Glad you said that because what's been sort of playing around in my mind is, is after the 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 episode one of this um, where we talked about that recent study which was saying that that these sort of age related changes see appear to be not loss of muscle but the atrophy of the type twos. That's been sort of banging around in my head quite a bit now, and and when you look at you know the research, I'm not particularly au okay with it but you know over the decades it's been fairly it's, it's the evidence is that as you get older you lose muscle mass now my question is where does that muscle go when you say you lose it i mean are, are you literally losing muscle fibers are they disappearing getting reabsorbed i don't i don't know <laughs> um but when what this is so what this new evidence uh, new research is showing is that it, it's atrophy not disappearance of your type twos so as we get older you know we are not doing as much power-based stuff we're not using those type twos as much as we used to do because it's harder work to do that sort of stuff you know this strength training stuff is uncomfortable you know the long easy rides on a sunday with a cup of coffee here and there that's quite easy <laughs> You know, this stuff is actually really quite hard and and people drift away from it they're, they're not playing rugby anymore so they don't bother with it but in, in, is it that that we're seeing as as people get older and particularly you know looking back you know the research from decades before where the midlife there weren't that many midlife athletes or, or certainly fewer midlife athletes than there are now 
So is the loss of muscle mass purely because people just aren't exercising? And so is there an 80-year-old who does lots of power-based stuff who's who's has the same muscle mass as they did when they were 40? So it's not so... Well, that's, so my, that's yeah. an interesting point because just hold that thought because when we spoke to Peter Herbert who was an exercise physiologist. And if you remember the, the episode was really about how high intensity exercise helps keep your VO two levels mm. Um, mm. a little bit higher than they should do in terms of the natural mm. decline. So, and he was doing quite a lot of power work because he was a track sprint cyclist. Yeah. yeah. It would be really interesting to see whether or not, um, you know, he, he, he falls into that category that you've just identified. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking about it on the dog walk today, just, you know, saying probably need to revisit Peter and say, you know, and, uh, and dig into that a bit more. But, you know, as we get older, you know, age-related changes we see in the muscle. But again, is it because of the, the population of the people they're looking at? And how are they looking at it? Um, you know, so the muscle, the loss of muscle mass, is that simply because they're just, they're not exercising their type twos enough? Because that appears to be, what the recent evidence suggests that's what that's what that's the key component not the actual loss of the muscle fiber and again so where does it go does it get reabsorbed does it and then but then it, it might there might be obviously the neuroplasticity changes as we get older and it's that 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 you know those those neurons die off in the brain therefore that that type 2 just doesn't get used it now it will die um, or at least it will fade and never be used again. So that's the loss, the loss of muscle mass. But again, if you keep training your brain to keep doing your type twos, then you should, in theory, be able to maintain that muscle mass for much longer. So the rate of decline may be, may be less than than the research suggests. There's just something that's all been playing around in my head, really. Mm. No, I think they're very, really good. Uh good valid points so right so where's the where's the jumping off point then into this into how um, you might do it do this or start to do it blimey right um the, the, the main thing is what is your goal i mean you've got you've got, you've got to really come at it from a the goal um in mind um and if you are playing sport, that makes it much easier to to produce a program for you. But if you're just looking to get fitter or get stronger, then you know your, the canvas, your blank canvas, is that much bigger, um, and therefore probably more difficult to say, well, where do I jump in? Um, but so effectively, your how expert, also how experienced you are. Have you done this before? Even a modicum of, of of experience of doing weight training will be will be beneficial. If you are a complete novice, then you need you. Then certainly, my advice would be to to find just get go to a gym and just find someone who's going to be able to direct you at least start you off, and then you sort of dip your toe in the pool and work work from there. Um, again, how are you? What are you trying to achieve? What what is your goal? And if it's just to get stronger, fine. I think there's a lot of people out there who probably want to say, "I, you know, yes, I want to, I want to get stronger." But ultimately, it's like I want to lose weight, or I want to get a six pack, <laughs> or yeah, or yeah, whatever it might be. There's there's there is the aesthetics as well, and let's not yeah, let, let's be honest, you know, hand on heart. Let's 
want to look good, <laughs> that's part of it. But that's a byproduct. You know, you start weight training and those things won't probably happen. But you've just got to, you do have to be patient with it. Um, I would say it's, it's all about progression, not perfection. And that's Denzel Washington's character in the Equalizer film. Um, <laughs> thank, you, thank him for that. Um, so, but so, yeah, progression is, is important. So if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you hit a stasis point, then you, you yeah, it's better than doing nothing. But do you still, do you just want to do that and that nothing else? Or do you want to try and get stronger? You know, doing the same yoga Pilates workout week on week, you're not going to progress. And if anything, you're potentially going to detrain as you get older. That could well be what you see in terms of the aging process will start to strip you of, of, of muscle mass because you're not doing the explosive stuff. Mm. Um, you've got to think about the specific, say, the specificity of training. So, so what 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 are you trying to achieve? If you are a runner, if you're a cyclist, again, that gives you a much better um, point of starting point. It gives you the in um, to think about how you're going to to um, to train or what what you need to train. Um, so, but also with with any training program, it's all about overload. This is where it gets uncomfortable. You've got to you've got to perform a work performing a workout with your training is going to be up over and above what the intensity of what you're actually used to, what you're what you're accustomed to. So if you're accustomed to NAFL weight training, then you need to be careful when you start progressing. But if you're if you've done some weight training before, relatively recently, then you're going to be ready to go a bit harder. But it's all about overload. It's about doing more than you're actually than your tissues are capable of, or have been capable of withstanding up to it. But you you've got to push it beyond that its its its, its limit. But that's a balance, right? I mean, it's it's like yeah, everything. Yeah, it, it, exactly. you, you you can't go too far. No, no, no then you're going to no. end up potentially damaging. Absolutely, but, yeah. but the overload principle is you've got to take it beyond what it's capable, of, what, what it's used to doing, what it's accustomed to doing. Yeah, and uh, that's really important. And obviously, then progression. Now, if you're starting as a novice, you know we've said this before that your your rate of improvement it would be a sharp. A steep, steep slope initially, where you'll feel stronger and stronger, almost day on day. That will begin to plateau. So yeah, your elite athletes, yeah, these Olympic weightlifters who are changing their or able to increase the amount they do by, you know, half a kilogram or a kilogram at a time because they're so strong. You know, the changes are, are going to be that much smaller. The incremental changes are that much smaller. Um, but for us mere mortals, we'll probably see bigger changes much quicker. But progression is is the key. We can all be a little bit stronger. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, so um, it's so it's about about doing. That. But that's, you've got to have the motivation, the willpower, and put in the work. Okay, As, yeah, it's like with the aerobic stuff. Just doing one workout isn't enough. You've got to do lots of them to get that um, to get that uh, to get to see the, the, the necessary changes. So yeah, you know, you're talking about months. Yeah, to start to see, really see bigger, you know, hypertrophy, etc. Um, right. So, seven points in all this. Um, first one is the we call the needs analysis. So that's basically that's looking at your sport, your athletic 
endeavors? What do you do? Are you a runner? Are you a cyclist, rower? Um, are you still playing tennis? Are you, yeah, that, that gives you um, a, a, an idea of what you need to do. What sort of the exercises that you need to do, which are part of part and part of your of your athletic performance. If you just want to get stronger for life, then again, it's, you can have a bit more of a broad spectrum. But we'll we'll come down to sort of some fundamentals of what you should think about. There's also the exercise selection. So this is number two. Exercise selection is you know what exercises are you going to do? As I said, there's thousands of ways of of, 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 of training and resisting. Or putting resistance into your body, which your body then has to react to. Um, so, you know, God, where do you start? But, um, you know, again, there's some fundamentals. Um, and presumably, so, one and two are related in the sense that they're probably dependent on your sport. You may <laughs> end up, that may end up pre selecting uh, yeah. certain types of exercise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's training frequency. How often do you train? Or should you train? Um, again, we're going to give you some some hints, also oh, some some guidelines on that. Um, the order in which you exercise that can be quite important. Um, so um, again, to, as a taster, you'd be wanting to do more of your power based stuff, multi joint exercises. So your box jumps, plyometrics, you know, which requires higher skill levels and concentration. You get those done first in, in any in, in any session, and then you finish up with you know bicep curls you know the sort of single joint single muscle exercises so certainly when i'm when i'm, when I'm taking patients who are runners back into running having been injured you know and i'm getting them to do strength training and they're and they're returning to running they all i say you do your running first get that out you know that is your do it when you're metabolically fresh in other words um so that's that's that the pecking order is that for that is quite important. Um, and then it comes down to how much load are you going to lift and how often you're going to or how many times you're going to repeat that. Uh, so again, there are there are there are considerations, the volume of of it as well, um, and then then ultimately rest. How often do you how should you rest? And I think think about this. The next podcast on this should probably be nutrition. On a thought, in our. In our uh, in our things, just so that you know, the fuel in all, in order to to do all this. Mm. Okay, so um, needs analysis. So it's the characteristics of the sport. Um, so it's, this is the physiological and the biomechanical um, common injuries. So in something like tennis, um, or let's say something like cycling or cricket. So cycling is quite a symmetrical thing, low impact. Cricket very asymmetrical. Batting or bowling, it's going to be very asymmetrical. So the loading is going to be very different. It's explosive, you know, running and throwing and stuff. It's, it's two very different sports. So you're going to be needing to think about um, uh, two well, – your training program will be quite different, okay? Um, so uh, also you're training into your injury status. You know, how – have you what, – what's your injury history? If you're if you're a cricketer and you've always had a dodgy right shoulder <laughs> when you throw, then yeah, that's going that's going to be a factor in terms of how in terms of your training process. Um, so, the, and also the current your current condition, yeah, how conditioned are you? How how fit are you? Are you coming again coming at this after years off? Um, uh, how prepared are you? 
how prepared is your body and you and mentally are you prepared to do this um so that's quite an important consideration um your training background what's what's your history of exercise as we as we discussed with some of our our guests um your exercise history so the type of training so if you've only ever done cycling and suddenly you want to do you want to go running then you know that transition is not going to be easy relatively easy Mm. um or do you just have you only ever played darts <laughs> yeah so um so the and then also the length of your most recent regular exercise yeah it, i've had 12 months off because of long covid right okay then that's going to be a very different kettle of fish from well i had a cold from and i have an exercise for a month right and I, prior to that i was training four times a week so there's differences um the level of intensity of your previous program. If you've just done long, slow rides or long, slow runs or just a bit of yoga here and a bit of Pilates there and suddenly, you know, heavy loading strength training is going to be, is, you, know, you have to be approach that with caution. Um, and the degree of exercise technique experience, how, how, coordinated, how coordinated are you? I mean, there's some clients I see who are, you teach it, you show it to them once and they can do it. And others you just you just banging against the wall for three sessions trying to teach them how to do a deadlift so it's um so ultimately it's down to the individual and um, all of this stuff is the sort of thing that uh, you know you can talk to a pt about right uh, yeah, you well, can the, talk well, to the, them about your sport. They should be going through yeah. this sort of stuff. Yeah, they should be going through this anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, with your training goal, what do you want to do? So do you do you want to increase strength? Do you want to increase power? Do you want to get bigger? Do you want to do muscular endurance? So the the advice is to sort of work on one of those things. But I think I think. You can probably think about more. You know, you can, you can add, you can do strength and power in one session. You can think about hypertrophy and power at the same time. You can do muscular endurance as a sort of lighter session in, in a in a heavier program. You know, so mm. there's there's. I think I don't think it's all about just sticking to one. But that's you know, but this again, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the the the, the stuff I'm getting this from for this this podcast is from. Yeah, you know, when they're talking about athletes, you know, college athletes and university athletes, young people who are doing their sport to a high level. Not that our listeners aren't, but it's, but you know. And that comes it's down a to. Different population. It, it is. And it comes down to, so in, fact, in fact, I actually wrote, wrote a blog for us uh, today. But, but highlighting, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast is invariably the training plans training advice all this kind of stuff as you quite rightly say either applies to elite athletes or mm. younger athletes mm. and uh, and us midlife athletes have to try and transpose that advice mm. um there isn't there isn't anything geared towards um midlife athletes and the and the set mm. of rules and parameters that we have to operate in which mm. are completely different to to the others which so, I, would say they're I would say they're completely different, but I think we just have to. It's just our our priorities are different. Um, when you're young at university, or you're yeah, certainly in America, you're on a scholarship, a sports scholarship. You're in God, yeah, that's your bread and butter. The reason you're there is because they want you to perform. So there's a pressure is to 
is to yeah, put... but those parameters are quite different. You know, invariably we're juggling work, family. There's an element of stress associated with just everyday life that that isn't there when you're younger. You know, you don't have the rest and recovery periods that you might have if you're an elite athlete. We know that certain things decline with age, HRV, VO2. So there are quite a different set of parameters that we have to yes, we have to contend those, with. Yeah, but I suppose what it's what, it's 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 the overall the limits. Our limits do shrink a bit. Mm. Um, I think that's the, but the processes, the actual the way of doing it is 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 no different. Yes. Um, But okay, so um, number two, exercise selection. So effectively, what goes into your program? What are you going to do? And uh, yeah, like me, I'm a. If you like me, then you're a bit sort of random, (laughs) jump around a bit. Um, But I suppose if you did analyse my 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 peripatetic um, approach to exercise, then there is probably a pattern of I do certain things. Which are fundamental to my, to my, to my exercise history. There are certain things that always appear. Now, yeah, I wonder what one of those could be. <laughs> yeah, uh, that might take a bit of a back burner now. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so there's obviously different yeah, exercise types. There's, there's two main types now. This may confuse some listeners, but the first one we call core exercises. Now, we're not talking about core as in I've got a strong core or I've got a weak core because my back hurts. Or, you know, this is the core stability that that, that uh, came out in the likes of 80s, 90s and has been sort of hijacked by the, by the, by the fitness industry. And you Google core and you get a million and a half hits. Um, so core in that sense, is talking about your abdominal wall, your back muscles, your diaphragm, your, and your pelvic floor. That's your core, okay? This is talking about core as in centre of fundamental two, okay? The, the original <laughs> meaning of the word core. Um, so your core, so core exercises would be ones that recruit one or more large area muscle areas. So if you're talking about a chest exercise, or a, uh, or a shoulder exercise, so a shoulder press or a bench press. Yeah, it's it's multi-muscle, it's multi-joint. It's more, it's 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 two or more primary joints, and it's and it's and it's it's um, uh, more large muscle groups working together. Okay, sort of like something simple like a press up, right? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Um, or yeah, you know, like a, like a deep squat, um, sort yeah. of back squat, or, or say shoulder press, bench press. And they receive the priority when selecting exercises. These these are the these are the ones which are much more specific for for athletic performance. So you know, doing doing a squat, doing a back squat for rowers, you know, that's very specific. <laughs> um, uh, and it's yeah, it's relevant to the sport, so not necessarily relevant for life, but um, but or less relevant for life. But you you, you, you get my drift. Then the other ones, the second type is assistance. So there's core, which are the uh, recruit uh, one or more large areas of muscle, two or more joints. Assistance is recruiting the smaller body areas. So you, then you're looking at your standing bicep curl. Where you just it's your bicep is doing pretty much everything. You've got some stability working going on, etc. But it's your upper arm. This is when you're 
core exercises for your abdominals are part actually an assistance exercise. So that's just, that will be a sit up. Uh, calf raises, things like that. So a bit more isolated. So involve one primary muscle group uh, or one primary muscle, sorry, uh, less important to improving sports sport performance. But this is where my job as a physio, this is my bread and butter. This is where my patients start. So if someone comes in with an Achilles tendon problem, you assess their, their calf strength, and lo and behold, their affected side is 30% weaker than their unaffected side. Well, you give them a, these are we call assistance exercises to get that calf back up to a level which is then appropriate so you can then do more of the, the, the core exercises like lunges and, and uh, back squats and that sort yeah, it's also interesting because, again, thinking back to that Peter Herbert episode, God, I'm going to have to revisit that episode because there was so much good nuggets in there. But one of the other things that, if you recall, he was talking about was actually he had figured out that there, there were a group of exercises that you could do uh, because they were they were those core exercises that you just talked yeah. about that yeah. actually were incredibly beneficial um, yeah. as uh, as we age um yeah. from a from a health perspective as well as actually applying to as you say to the to the sport context as well yeah well it's it's, it's uh, who's the chat we were talking to we mentioned him recently about you know doing doing pulling ex- upper body pulling exercises upper body pushing exercises upper body or lower body pulling and pushing exercises then there isn't another one was that um, joe eisenman yeah yeah so yeah so he has those um and he that that's they, so that so rather than have an exercise that he does, those are the principles he applies to his exercises. Yes. So that's that's probably more of a way to look at it. If you just if you're just exercising for life or strength or health, then that's probably a better way to look at it. I'm going to do some pulling exercises. I'm going to do some pushing exercises for my upper body, um, uh, and then you can you know sort of, uh, play around with what you do. Um, to make it a bit more interesting, but anyway, so, but um, so the assistance exercise, you know, as I say, standing calf raises, um, uh, bice, bicep curls. So you're isolating one one small groups of muscles. Um, you then have uh, some movement analysis of the sport. So, so if you are playing a, a particular sport, then you need to be you know, the exercise should be relevant to that sport. Um, um, but also you're looking for the exercises to to create balance across the system. So you shouldn't be just just doing bicep curls to get big, get your guns big, without addressing that your triceps also need to be working as well. So your agonist antagonist um, balance is very important. Um, again, sort of specificity of training we were talking about. So so how sport specific is it? You know, rowing versus running. One's low impact. One's high impact. One's one is two legs pushing at the same time running is about being on one leg so two very different considerations but you also need to think about your te- say your technique experience how 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 familiar are you with we lifting a weight um and the availability of the equipment um and your time i mean how how much time have you got to put into this to invest in this these are all considerations to try and to, to work out and again, having a having a health having a, a PT or strength and conditioning coach to help guide you with that will will be will be um, uh, enormously beneficial. Um, so, 
Number three in our list of seven is the training frequency. So basically how prepared you are for strength training will be reflected in the number of rest days you need. So, you know, if you're, if you're coming out of this completely fresh, then you should be, you know, giving yourself a few, quite a few days off in between, um, at least, you know, one or two days off in between just to give yourself a chance to recover um, because it's going to be a bit uncomfortable initially, um, but in a good way, in a positive way. Um, and so traditionally it's all sort of three workouts a week, which gives you a decent amount of recovery. So minimum is probably twice a week, but they, you know, three three a week is 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 a, is a good amount, and it gives you a decent amount of recovery. But as you adapt to training, you will be able to do more. You know, five six days a week, seven. You just but how you split it. Well, we'll come on to that in a second. But you can do strength training across all the days, but you're just doing you're just doing it differently and smart. As well. And and you talk about you know, minimum of two sessions, the length of time of those sessions, what, like half an hour to an hour? This is what you're trying to achieve. I mean, as we come on to the sort of the, the load and the weights and the reps, say so you can get things done quite quickly. Depends on what your goal is. There's so mm. many, you know, so many factors involved here. Um, we'll come on to, yeah, if you want, if you want strength, you'll, the number of reps and the percentage of your, of your one repetition max that, you will, that you'll, you need to be considering, um, but we'll come on to that. So there'll be there'll be numbers that you can then work out. Um, so um, so yeah, but as you say, as you adapt to training, um, it's appropriate for you because it's all about progression. It's appropriate then you could do more. You know, your body can, can start accommodating more loading. Um, so, but the, there is a guideline to schedule at least at least one rest or recovery day. When we talk about recovery day, you can exercise, but it's a light exercise, like an aerobic. Yeah, you go on a bike ride, or, or yeah, it's it's exercise, but it, it's it, to aid recovery. But guideline is to schedule at least one rest or recovery day, but not more than three recovery days between sessions for the same muscle group. So if you're doing lots of if you're doing um, lots of squats, don't give don't leave it more than don't do try and do another load of squats within two to three days mm, that's interesting because you can start to detrain so doing it once a day, once a week you're not going to see you you it's better than doing nothing but you're not going to see progression and hence the minimum of twice a week then essentially yeah 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 um so um yeah so and then we talk about sort of training frequency but also training load so the train to train with if you're training at, at maximal or near maximal load compared to you know what your body is actually capable of doing, you'll need more recovery time effectively. So you know big heavy power lifters maybe only doing one really really heavy session, maximal heavy session a week, one a week. The rest of it is done at, at, at lighter loads. Same exercise, same exercise is, but just at, at a lighter load. Um, and effectively, you'll, you'll train, you can, but you can train more frequently by doing he alternating heavy and light sessions. Okay, um, and this is quite interesting. But but I think I probably have a I've got an idea why this might be. But but some evidence that upper body muscles recover more quickly than from heavy loading than lower muscle than the lower, than leg muscles. 
I think it's just primarily because if you go to the gym and do heavy weight session on your legs, you then got to walk out and walk <laughs> around upstairs, and so your legs just don't they don't they don't get to rest and, and do other stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or you you know you cycle to the gym while well, you've got to you've got to cycle back on those on those weary legs. Also, just upper you know upper body muscles are smaller. There's less there's less stuff for them to to be repaired. Um. So, um, yeah, you can probably go a little bit harder on your, on your upper bodies uh, than you can on your, on your, on your lower leg, on your legs. Um, and it's again, same for single joint. So that assistance stuff, the assistance exercises, those single joint isolated muscle exercises, um, you can, you can, you will cover quicker from those than you will do from the multi-joint ones. Um, and it's also other training, you know, combined aerobic and anaerobic will give you a total stress uh would stress your and you say so you got to look at it as, as a as, as a as a you know weekly dose of exercise how much of that is um how much yeah you know, how are you recovering are you recovered enough because then obviously you can go into overtraining or injury but that's where something like hrv uh heart rate variability assessment will, will be very helpful um okay um you with me so far mate yes I am with you so Good. far. Right. Right. I need to add another strength training session into my week. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Not probably. Yeah. I do. I do yeah. you, you said a minimum yeah. of two. Yeah. 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 Be definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes. Um, I do. But, um, but if, but again, yes, you do. But what are you trying to achieve? If you're just doing one session, again it's better than doing nothing okay but if you want to get stronger definitely then yes you do need to do it hmm. if you're if you're just doing aerobic stuff and a bit of weight training for for life for general just general strength then you will be it's better than doing nothing at all or no strength training at all but if you definitely want to get stronger yes you do need to do it um so, so the order in which you do it, we've mentioned, we, we we touched on this. So, the order, there's many ways. There are many ways to cut and paste uh, um, an exercise, um, uh, or, 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 or a workout session. Um, but you need to consider: can you perform? So, performing maximal force um, to compete when you're doing when you're doing these exercises, you've got to think about your form. That's always say to my clients: you've got to think about your form. Form trumps everything. So how many reps can I do before maintaining good form? That's key. As soon as you think I'm not going to be able to do this, continue to do this with good form, that's, the, that's it. That's, that's your maximum, li that's your limit. Um, so it's not necessarily going into failure. Um, this is going to, going to fatigue to the point where I can't do the form any, uh, anymore so and that's where the power stuff you know form is really important for you know plyometrics box jumps um you know uh, uh, um explode you know sprints those that you need to have your wits about you and if you're fatigued from doing heavy loading and heavy weight training beforehand the chances of injury go up um and you just won't get and you won't get the same um uh, response to the training either you won't be able to push as hard yeah, and mindset um, probably comes into play a little bit here as well, doesn't it, Greg? In terms of 
just yeah. thinking about what you're doing. We've talked before about this, but just yeah. thinking about what well, form. Need, yeah, you, you need the, the power stuff needs that you need your higher centers, your higher skill level and concentration. You need that uh, when you're doing a box jump, when you're doing a um, a, a sprint um, to get the form right, to get you know to think about the what you're doing. Um, and so power tends to start come first. Um, so that's the ones you want to get out of the way after your warm up, obviously. Uh, then your other core exercises, so those those um, yeah, the, the, the back squats, the deadlifts, um, the shoulder press, uh, chest press. Um, uh, then you go on to your single joint stuff towards the end of the session. The sort of supplemental um, exercises. Um, so the within and within any one session you 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 can do particularly it's quite this is quite a good fit for if you've never been to a gym before and you're, and you're starting out fresh or you've you're a bit more time crunched in terms of your how are you going to do your, your workout is to do you do an upper body work upper body exercise then you do a lower body exercise so there's less less rest between between is neat is necessary between between the exercises and this is in obviously within one session so you can do upper body, then lower body, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, and it's you 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 can just get through things a bit quicker um, because you do you need less rest, um, and that's the same for push and pull exercises. So you're doing a doing like a um, doing a, a, a chin up and then do press ups. So you're you're using di- you're using different muscle groups for those two ex- those those two exercises. Um, um, and then the last one, which is probably more for more the more experienced, because um, 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 it, it can be a bit more challenging, is that we call supersets and compound sets of exercises. Um, so one set of a so a, a superset is you got a a pair of exercises um, which basically work. One will work an agonist, and then the other one will the, other, the next exercise, which you go immediately into no no rest. Will then work the antagonist, which then becomes the agonist. If you see what I mean, so you'll hmm. you'll do a bicep curl and then immediately go and do a tricep dip. Yeah, so you're attacking both sides of the arm, one after the other. Um, so that's what we, that's what we call supersets. Um, a compound set is when you're targeting the same muscle group back to back with different exercises. So you might want to do a um, um, a knee extension exercise, so quad knee extension, followed immediately by a squat. You know, you're you're you're, you're targeting those quads a lot. Now that so that'd be quite good if you're looking at more hypertrophy. So you're looking to build bigger muscles. The suggestion with hypertrophy is to do two or three different types of exercise for the same group. So for the same muscle in a particular session. Um, so again, but those they can be more challenging and therefore um, not necessarily for, for the for the untrained or the novice. Um, um, number five in our list: training load. So effectively, loads. You know, how much weight is assigned to that exercise? How much weight is on that barbell? How much weight is on that dumbbell which you're going to lift up? Um, and then put down. <laughs> um, but an easy way to look at it from a, from a volume perspective is to think, how many sets am I going to do? 
how many reps am I going to do, and how much weight is on that is on that dumbbell or barbell. And those three numbers you multiply together, and that will give you your volume. So if you're doing three sets of let's say 15 reps of 10 kilograms, that's four, that that number comes out as 450. That gives you your volume. Does that make sense? It does make sense. How would you apply that to the more um, body work based uh, exercises? It, it, well, that's it doesn't quite work out that way. That's why that's no. why weight training, you know, sort of free weight training, is more precise. When you're dealing with elastic bands uh, or body weights, then things start to change a bit. Um, so then you're looking at more. Well, you can work out what your body weighs and then go from there. Mm. But a press up is is not your body weight. Um, a handstand press up is your body weight. But um, so, th- but this this is just a, um, I say these are guidelines. Um, but it might be with your you, when you're looking at this, your, your weight is you just put body weight. My body weight for a squat, I do three sets of fifteen reps. That gives you an approximation of it's, it's it's your volume. But you use that, you can use that and then work out progressions. So I, I can then, by adding 10 to 15% to that the following week, that will, I can then add, but I need, to add, I need to change things by this amount. Either I add weight to my body with dumbbells or I add another set or I increase reps, whatever it might be, you can cut and paste that. And, and the idea, obviously, is once um, you've worked out that, that volume um, figure, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that your progression, because you're only really sort of talking about maybe adding five or ten percent on top of that, it, it enables you yeah. to work that back and say, okay, well, if I'm doing, I don't know, um, press ups, let's just use press ups for a moment, and yeah. I'm doing fifteen, yeah. Yeah. fifteen reps in in three sets, um, yeah. you know, it might just mean I go up to sixteen reps, um, yeah, you know, rather than jump making those big jumps that we see sometimes people often do. Oh, I'm going to go from yeah. 15 to 20, and you know, it's quite a big jump yeah. when you're spreading that over three reps, uh, three sets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's a way of, of 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 keeping track of your progression, and also if you if you're doing the, if you've been doing the same thing over and over again, yeah, I've just been doing more. I'm doing the same weight and just my reps keep going up, keep adding it. It's a bit boring. Then you can say, well, I'm going to drop the, the reps back down again and stick the weight up. And I, and I can still do the same, I'm still see the same volume. So that 450 can be cut and pasted different ways. You might be doing instead of, or you could be doing you know, one set of 15 reps. Now that you could then do three sets of five reps. Which, so that so the volume is the same, but the intensity is different. So that that that's slightly so that that is something to consider as well. Um, so, but th- th- this is just a, a way of just getting your head around because it's so easy to walk in gyms or oh, I don't know what I'm doing and just pull it out a few times or push that a few times and I'm done. With these numbers in in your head or written down on your phone or, or in a little notebook, it gives you something to aim for. And you can work, and you said, I'm going to do this today. I can work out. I said, I, I know I can, you know, that's my target for today is to do this amount of work, this amount of volume can be quite helpful, particularly when you're, just, when you're starting out. Um, 
we now move on to the the the, the the relationship between your load and repetition. So the number of reps you can do for a particular load is inversely proportional to the load itself. So, yeah, high reps, low weight. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? So, so um, high weight, low reps. Um, and then we come on to so that leads us on to what we call the repetition max. So we've mentioned this before, but your one RM so what is my one repetition max for a deadlift? I haven't worked it out. But basically, that effectively means is how many times can I lift a barbell with a fixed amount of weight on it just once with good form? That's my one RM. So I couldn't do another one. So my body, that's my absolute limit. That's my absolute strength. Okay? So that's what we call one RM. But you can also have a 10 RM which is how much weight can I shift? How much, how many deadlifts can I do with a particular weight 10 times with good form? Okay. Now this is where testing this is where you would have to test the athlete or the person or yourself by going through a process of starting at a particular weight, attempting that weight. Okay. That was easy, <laughs> right? Put the weight up, retest. And it's a bit of a rigmarole, and you give yourself obviously plenty of rest time. And this is something I can add into the notes for, the, for, for, um, for, for listeners. But there's a way of sort of testing your 1RM for anything, for anything, effectively. Um, but then that gives you, a, a, again, a, sort of a number from which you can say, okay, I can either try and, try and beat that, um, or that gives me my – my, 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 my number that I can then work out how I'm then going to go on to strength train or hypertrophy or muscle endurance, which we'll come on to in a second. In terms of what, you know, how many reps should I be doing at my percentage? What percentage of 1RM should I be doing these exercises in? That's, that's what we'll come on to. So would you, would you um, in, terms of, in terms of order, Greg? So, uh, Greg, in yeah. terms of the order, would you start with yeah. working out your 1RM and then from there, yeah. figure out your volume yeah. figure. Um, you can do. I mean, I, I, I would going straight into a one RM for anything. Um, I, I, I would, I'd be tempted more just to go in and start just exercising trying out different you know today i'm going to do a pulling i'm going to do an upper body pulling exercise or upper body pulling exercises today or i'm going to alternate between upper body pulling and pushing today get a sense of what is how to do it get your brain engaged with how to perform the exercises you know getting the technique right that's really important then coming on once you've had a a few weeks of that then coming into testing your one rm that's mm. that, that's my that's, that's a personal opinion um just just you've got to dip your toe in the pool and and there and then work it then you can then you can really start to push yourself then you can set you start setting your targets and in, in a way yeah you can sometimes you can come into anything without a without a goal in mind and then your goal comes to you when you see someone else in the gym doing a, a a deadlift or a clean, clean and jerk, or whatever it might be, thinking, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Okay, now you've got a goal. Makes things much easier for whoever's training you, if, it, if it's yourself or a PT. 
but the one I, the, testing the one RM. I mean, I've never really tested my one RM ever. Um, but I'm, I'm now having got to it, so I'm actually tempted to do it and see where where I stand with with various body parts and see how I can then develop my strength from there. Um, so, but basically, you can go online and and look and, and there's you can just put um numbers into these various ch- um tables and it will give you your one rm or work out extrapolate based on percentages and, and various different algorithms a one rm this it's not going to be absolutely accurate because there's there's different ways of calculating it that'll give you a, a, a rough idea of what of what your maximum could and what your maximum could be so that's worth it's worth looking at that um but again guidelines only when you're looking at increasing strength um this is where numbers come in but when you when you're looking when you're considering increasing your strength if that's what you want to do then you want to be doing working at about 85 percent of your one rm of any given exercise and you should be doing the goal should be six or more um of um uh, well, sorry, up to about six, sorry, up to about six reps across two to six sets of exercise. Um, so that's for strength. For hypertrophy, to getting bigger muscles, you, your volume needs to be bigger. But by doing that, you're looking at between 70 and 85% of your 1RM. You need to be doing six to 12 reps. Mm. And you want to be doing three to six sets. So the volume is beginning to increase to get that hypertrophy. And for endurance exercises, you know, muscular endurance, so, so lighter weights, higher reps, you're looking at less than but less than 70%, and it's more than 12 reps, two to three sets. That's okay, that's guidelines. And that's something we'll, we'll put down in the uh, in the uh, episode notes. Um for power, it's 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 a bit different um, because performing a one RM of anything is going to be a bit slow, whereas power is fast. <laughs> so as soon as you start moving things faster, you can't shift as much weight. So there's a it's not a linear uh, um, uh, relationship between between um, uh, the one RM and your and your power. Um, but um, you need to be ve- also considering variation of your load. So if you're going heavy, you know, so you, you know, the maximum you can lift to the maximum number of reps you can do, you're looking at doing that once per week. Um, a light day would be maybe 80% of your one R- of, of whatever your R- RMs are. It could be 4RM, it could be 10RM, it could be 1RM. You want to be doing about 80% of that. A medium day would be ninety percent of your of your RMs, whatever your whatever your training to. So if you're doing if you're if you're doing all your exercises are all to ten RM, you're doing as much you know ten being your limit, then you'll be doing, let's say that's ten kilograms, then you'll be on on a on a light day you'll be doing eight kilograms of of, of your ten of and, and ten reps of eight kilograms rather than pushing yourself to the absolute limit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. God, there's a lot. There's a lot you need to um, calculate and think so, about this, uh, isn't it? Yeah. 
There is. It's a, I mean, you can just go into the gym and just not give us a toss about any of this and just, just exercise. <laughs> and if you start, if you start, if you're starting from, from scratch and you're a novice, then you'll, you'll, you'll make gains <laughs> no, matter, no matter what you do. Um, but if you're, if you're, if you're going into it um, with a bit more structure and this hopefully will give you give our listeners structure, um, then you can start filling in those, those bits. And it, it just makes things a bit more cohesive. Um, and you can probably, and you'll progress, I think, at a, at a safer rate as well. It's very easy. Mm. If you go into just a bit slapdash and just pulling and pushing here and there and watching someone lift that weight and that weight, and you try it out, and it's all a bit hit and miss, you're not gonna necessarily going to progress um, the way you'd like to or see the results you'd like to. Um, so, we, so going back to how, yeah, progression of load, yeah, when, do, when can I start putting the weight up? Well, this is quite a good little um, rule. So it's called two for two. So if you can perform two or more reps over what you can normally do, so or what, what you've assigned yourself, um, what your goal has been uh, for a particular exercise, so you're doing 10 bicep curls, if you can do uh, at a particular weight, if you can do an extra two in your last set, okay, an extra two reps over what you normally do in the last set of that exercise, and you can do that on two consecutive workouts, you can put the weight up. Ah, good tip. So, that's a good tip. So, and then you'd increase it by two and a half to ten percent. This is what so this is what the literature suggests. But again, you go by how your body feels. Mm. Um, and um, and uh, sorry, so that's the time. When do you change? That's the timing. So the quantity is then two and a half to ten percent as the rule of thumb. But again, you can look at also look at that, go back to that volume. You can look at the volume and go, right, well, I'm going to change that by moving my, you know, adding 10 to 15 percent of that total is then going to give me more rep. I can I can add and I can reduce the number of reps, but add more sets, but keep the weight the same. So you're you can change that volume load, that training volume, to think you know, I can keep things a bit more um, interesting. Mm. So um, we're coming back to that now with number six, which is the volume. So volume load, sets, times reps, times weight. Um, um, but there is no, I say, there's no magic number. The, the interesting thing is people, people, people say to me, how many times should I do my exercises? You know, three sets of 10? <laughs> well, this, it, this it, three sets of 10 seems to be the sort of, everyone thinks it's the magic number. Three sets of 10, that's it. But what was interesting is that that was classic research done God knows when. Um, but basically, they found that that was that was the um, ideal amount to increase strength. But they were looking at it originally from a rehab perspective, so people coming back from injury. Um, but later research determined that it was three sets of six to get your maximum strength gains, ah. which is which is what we mentioned before. Yeah, you know, three to six sets. Well, sorry, two to six sets of of um, uh, for strength is about six reps. Um, 
But again, further research research shows no difference between six sets of, of your two RM, uh, three sets of six RM, or three sets of ten RM. There was no difference between any of those. The volumes were completely different. If you, if you calculate that, the volumes are completely different. But there's no difference in strength gains. Mm. Um, however, the studies were on the untrained. So basically, any type of progression, any, t- any type of program, well, you'll see improvements. <laughs> mm. And this is and this is the problem with with the research. Some of the research that's out there that it's it's based on either the untrained or looking at a, a population which is aging and not exercising, so therefore they lose muscle mass. Oh, you get you lose muscle mass as you get older. Well, yeah, if you do if you do sod all, yes. <laughs> but we may, you know, longitudinal studies may actually show in years to come that actually that you don't lose muscle mass if you keep exercising. Mm. So anyway, we're almost at the end. We're almost at the end, mate. Um, uh, so hypertrophy. How do you get bigger? So so generally, the higher training volumes you need higher training volumes to get bigger. Uh, so what we looked at, what I was telling you about before, strength and power. Um, but but hypertrophy, you need greater volumes. You need high, so higher reps and per set, and those sets are between three and six, um, and um, you need to have you know, for hypertrophy. You're looking at sort of three or more exercises per muscle group in a in a session. So if you're having a particularly heavy leg day, if you want to get bigger legs, you're going to do you know lots of le- different leg exercises and pushing it quite hard. Um, and um, yeah, so that's effectively. Well, we saw you want one more. But rest, <laughs> very important, very yeah. important fact. Rest, rest and um, recovery. So if you're training, rest and recovery. Um, so you basically, um, if you're doing, if you're doing strength training, hypertrophy training, you just need longer rest than if you're doing muscular endurance, and that's fairly, fairly obvious isn't it so if you're doing long slow rides or long slow runs you can do more of those need less rest if you're doing high high intensity hits um sprint training and plyometrics you need just need more rest so here's a question um do you do you think that uh strength training for midlife athletes that you probably may need a bit more rest. I would say, I would say you probably do. I would say you probably do. Um, I, I do. It depends on the person, I think. I think when you're younger... We do. You just basically when you're when you break a bone when you're ten, it, it, it you heal tw- you heal twice as fast as when you as when you're older, as when you're, as when you're in your twenties or in your thirties. So our our recovery, our repair, it just takes a bit longer. I think that that's a given. 
Um, so yes, I think you do need. I think you do need longer to recover. Um, um, but it's not days. It's not weeks. It's not extra weeks. It's it's probably uh, differences are probably just a, a day or so, not massively different. Um, yeah. But again, it depends on on your on your history, on the history of training, um, your 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 preparedness. Your body's ability to, to train, how, what, what your history, your 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 mental approach, um, your the structure to your training, all these things. So you, you train smart rather than hard um, are all all big factors. But what? Sorry, what I was going to say in terms of in terms of um, rest. I mean, it's obviously doing rest between between sessions, but within a with any particular session, if you want to strength train. Um, or power stuff, then you need longer between your sets to recover. So you get your quality is better. So you can lift heavier weights um, um, by. So when you're doing sprint training, you know, sprinters will, will, will do a sprint and they'll rest for five minutes. They won't do anything for five minutes. Then they'll go again. So each one, you're, 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 you're training that explosiveness rather than training the endurance. So if you want, if you want to do endurance, uh, muscular endurance exercise, then, then your rest between sets may be less than 30 seconds. Uh, for hypertrophy, you, you want to overload, overload, overload. So your rest may be no more than or between 30 seconds to a minute and a half. But for your power and you know, your strength, you know, you, when you're pushing your 1RMs, um, then you'd be doing five, you know, Two to five minute rest in between to give you give your body a chance to recover its what its um, ATPs and ADPs and stuff. Hmm. Wow, um, I definitely feel like notes are useful for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be helpful. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's um, when it all starts, when you start to map it out. Uh, it sort of makes sense, and I think hopefully combined with the one the previous um, um, podcast, it gives people a framework, an understanding, so that you know when you when you're going to to if you're going to the gym and you're doing these things by yourself, then you need you you are policing yourself. You're the one cracking the whip. So a lot of people get PTs because of the. It gives them the um, uh, the discipline. They they pay for these sessions. They're going to go to the gym and do it. If you're self disciplined enough and, you, and you're happy to do this by yourself, great. But you need to be still thinking about how to do these exercises when you're performing the exercises. How am I doing it? Form is key. Form is key. So when you're when if you're working with the PT, you shouldn't be relying on the PT. To see if your form's any good. Patients are saying to me all the time, oh, I'll get my PT to check if I'm doing the exercise right. No, you won't. You're going to check it. You're going to think about it. Because if you had been, if your PT had been spotting you doing these things wrong, you wouldn't be seeing me. <laughs> yeah, you've got this problem because you're not moving correctly and your PT hasn't spotted it. I got a funny so story about a funny story about a PT for you. Um okay. I was in a cafe on a high street yeah. and I was doing some work and uh, I saw this guy just in front of me um, with a laptop in front of him 
um, but he was talking like not with headphones or well yeah i think he had earphone ear, you know earpod things in yeah. um but he had a coffee it turns out he was a pt he was given the lesson over zoom or something right. so so to go to your point about form <laughs> and yeah. the like you need to you need to be on it um because you know a yeah, lot of these pt you, guys are now doing it remotely body, yeah you've got to be, take responsibility for your body's movements you know the pt is there to, to put program together to oversee it you know there are certain things you know but ultimately and this is the same for me i mean i, I can i can stand there i can do a zoom call with someone and um if they can't come and see me but thankfully it's rare because the face-to-face is 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 gives you 3d views of everything and you can spot it when people are going wrong now a good pt will will see someone doing something wrong uh, on, on on zoom no doubt uh, but getting that patient to correct it is another matter and um i'm you know but again you take responsibility this is your body and you're going, to, you're going to take this body out of the gym and doing other stuff, you know, the rest, for the for the rest of the week before you see that PT again or see the physio again. So what you do in that time is very important. You know, are you able to to take what you're learning in the gym, the strength you're learning in the gym, and apply that to life, to your sport? It's not it's not a given. It is, this is where you're meant. It's mentally challenging. It's it's all about. Um, it's the cognitive intent that's so important. I keep banging on about it, but it's bloody important. Bloody important. Mm. Well, okay, that's um, that's a good, good, good time to yeah. to uh, we we'll leave it on leave it on that note of the important note. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, I've learned load of stuff. I can't wait to see the the notes and when we release this episode uh there will be the notes attached to it as well um and you'll be able to get those notes via substack midlife athlete uh substack uh and um you'll be able to access the notes notes with that as well as listen to it if you want to or you can listen to it on whenever you listen to it and then go to substack for the notes <laughs> yeah. or read the notes and read and listen to what i'm saying at the same time Yes, or you could do that as well. Even better. Great stuff. Right, mate. We'll call it a day. Cheers, Greg. We'll call it. See you later. Cheers.